Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we bake some malicious compliance revenge against some high school bullies. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, want to beat the crap out of your own car? Well, okay then. This is more malicious non-objection than malicious compliance, since my compliance consisted mostly of not stopping the idiot doing the stupid thing, albeit at his own request, but there's no such subreddit so I'll have to post it here. A few weeks ago, I found myself parked next to a car that was, as far as I could tell, identical to mine. Same make, Subaru, model, outback, color, muddy green, and probably same year although I'm not an expert. Close enough probably. It's a popular car. I pass them all the time. My car has a largish parking lot ding on the driver's side rear door panel. No idea how it got there. Probably some kid opened his door a little too quickly or forcefully and it smacked into my car. These things happen. No need to get too worked up about it. I've been meaning to get it fixed and I'm a little sorry that I didn't do it because it would have saved the idiot a lot of grief. Self-inflicted grief to be sure, but still. Enter the idiot. Bog, standard, middle American dad, nothing special about him. We're both exiting the Walmart with full carts and he's about 100 feet ahead of me. As we approach, I'm thinking it looks like he's heading in the same direction. I even plan on jokingly saying, nice car, in Subaru solidarity, but I will not get that opportunity. I should mention here that I've already clicked my clicker to unlock the car. It'll be important later. Kinda wish I hadn't to be honest, that would have spared the idiot some grief too. This is the point where the idiot notices the large ding on his car's door, and he takes offense at that. To be fair, that ding is pretty ugly. The paint is gone where the tip or something from whatever hit it was centered, and there's a scratch leading off to one side. I think it kind of looks like a spoon in the middle of a smaller, shallow cereal bowl. So anyway, he gets really mad, like screaming things like, Son of a bench, and it's a freaking brand new car and stuff. I think he looked up at the windshield hoping to find a note or something, but this all happened so fast that my brain might be making up details to fit into the blank spots. I've actually slowed down a bit by now because it's uncomfortable being around really ticked off people, and to be honest, I was super confused about what was going on. For a second, I actually forgot which car was whose. It didn't make sense for him to be hopping mad about my car having a dent. I think my brain was going, wow. Two exactly same cars getting huge parking lot dings in them? What are the odds? But you know that weird twisted feeling where you reorient yourself from the confusion and snap back to reality? That happened. I realized that he had made the same mistake that I made. And so I did what anyone would naturally do. I called out, hey, it's okay, that's my car. Which backfired spectacularly. The idiot must have thought that I meant That's my car's door that smacked into yours, which only made him madder. He started yelling things like, what the freak, and more of, it's a freaking brand new car, and more of the same. I tried to explain, not exactly easy from a distance, and definitely a lot harder when someone's raging at you, and that's when he opened the driver's side rear door on my car, i.e. the one with the large ding, and then he slammed it into his car, hard. It made a dent, took a little paint off the edge of my door too, but I didn't notice that until later. So at that point I yelled, hey stop that, which only made him more upset, because he responded with, 
Oh, you don't like that? Shut the freak up, or words to that effect. I'm paraphrasing here. So, I guess in a nutshell, that's my malicious compliance. I did exactly what he said. Shut the freak up and let him slam my car door into his car a couple more times. And I let him try to kick it too. There wasn't enough room between the two cars for a good Chuck Norris roundhouse, so he had to be satisfied with a weak sauce knee to the rear quarter panel. But kudos for trying, idiot. You gave it your best shot. I wish I was some kind of heroic Viking warrior who could come to the defense of his property, but my flabby butt, wimpy dad bod isn't up to fight in a Walmart parking lot, so I bagged my cart full of ice cream and frozen tater tots right the freak out of there and started booking it back to the Walmart, intending to ask for help from a security guard. I sincerely regret that because I did not get to see the moment when the scales fell from the idiot's eyes and he realized that he'd been beating the crap out of his own car. I can only imagine that it was one of the most epic epiphanies of his angry life and to compound my disappointment, he exited the parking lot in the opposite direction, preventing me from seeing the extent of the damage he had done. I didn't get to applaud either. This whole episode took maybe 5 minutes tops, probably less, but aside from a little lost paint on the edge of my door that was probably going to have to be replaced anyway, I was fine. Him? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Not so much. Man, if I were in OP shoes, I would be forever kicking myself for not being able to see that epiphany moment. I wonder if it went all the way to the point of like him sitting in the driver's seat and trying to start the car and realizing, why isn't it starting? Or noticing just the right amount of things are not right in the cab. Like why are the cup holders a little different or the changes are missing or there's some extra letters or pieces of paper here. Also, hi, I'm Steven. And if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, you demand that we honor your reservation? Sure thing. A few years back, I worked at one of the big car rentals in a rather small city in Germany. I had two offices, one on the outskirts with a quite sizable lot and a very small one at the train station. Four official parking spots in front of the office, about six parking spots at the other end of the train station. At the staff parking lot, we used to not get in trouble for using parking spots we didn't pay for. That one was a bit of a prestige thing because it enabled us to serve our business customers right when they got off the train. 
Both offices worked closely together, even sharing a vehicle pool within the booking software, and we were expected to move the cars around accordingly. The business at the train station followed a pattern that would repeat every week. Every Monday, business customers would arrive by train, pick up their car to get to their clients during the week, and drop them off by the end of the week to leave by train again. Most would drop the car off on Thursday. One week, we could already see disaster approaching by the middle of the previous week. Due to some error in the booking software and some cars spontaneously not returning to our offices, our carpool stood at negative 60 for Monday at the train station office. See, that's not unusual on a Monday. The problem was that overall, our shared carpool stood at negative 15. Since we're quite small and only a franchise of the car rental company, there was no way we could get extra cars from bigger stations. So we started trying to reach out to business customers to inform them that we most likely couldn't serve all reservations, and if we could maybe cancel on them? Some understood, while some insisted and even more were not available when we tried to contact them. On Friday, my supervisor asked me if I could cover the shift at the train station office on Monday because she knew the colleague who was supposed to would mentally break if yelled at by customers. I knew it would be heck, but knowing that she would have the morning shift at the main office, we were sure that we could make it work somehow. I asked to also work on Sunday at the train station office to make sure all cars were ready for the next day since we had around 70 reservations between 6am and 11am that day. So I worked my Sunday shift, got everything prepared as far as I could, and went home. On Monday, we opened at 6am, I got in at like 5.30 like always, and there was already a small line queued up in front of the door. I told them we don't open until 6 and they accepted it. Everything went sort of smoothly until about 8.30am. All my cars were gone and I received a somewhat steady supply of cars from the main office until then. I constantly kept my supervisor updated with a list of reservations and which cars from the main office I'd like to have for that and she tried to make it work. Then she calls me to tell me that she's also out of cars due to some having to be off-fleeted due to mileage or simply not returning. I knew everything would go to shambles after that and mentally prepared for it. I started telling customers that we couldn't possibly serve their reservations. Most understood due to the fact that I didn't have any cars in front of my office, but a few insisted that they get their cars. Cue malicious compliance. I called my supervisor and told her that some clients insisted on getting a move on. Now and no matter how. After some short venting on her side, we came up with an idea. We might not have any cars anymore, but had an incredible excess of moving vans, Mercedes Sprinter, VW Crafter and such, that we really didn't need any of. Now, the train station office isn't supposed to rent out vans, but we found a workaround for that. The transfer drivers had a company car that could be rented out, so I checked it in at my station, created the rental agreement with that, switched my view to the main office, and initiated a vehicle switch all without ever having a physical car at my station. So the rental agreement was completed and the transfer drivers started bringing our white company branded moving vans down to my office. I even told one especially insistent customer that I was able to fulfill his wish for an automatic transmission diesel. I will never forget the look on the face of this suit wearer when he realized he'll be driving in a moving van to his client. The train station office satisfaction rating took quite the beating after this, but we didn't really care about that since we rarely got bonuses down there anyway. 
Well, considering even just the last sentence that OP described, it doesn't sound like a place where the workers were even really too happy anyways. So honestly, I feel like they should just be happy that people like OP figured out some kind of solution. At least some of those customers will be happy enough that they have something to drive, right? Our next story is... High school bullies won't let me help during foods class, so I make my mother's miracle banana bread recipe as revenge. Recipe included. So, all of my life since kindergarten through high school, I had bullies, ranging from students and teachers. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Not even lying when I say everyone hated me for reasons unknown. However, at one point in high school... I had joined foods class because, even though I'm not a fan of cooking, apparently I've got my mother's chef touch. She used to work as a cook in a restaurant once. Each kitchen had a group of four people each. Unfortunately, my group kept me out of making food because they thought I would be a useless cook. Now, I was never confrontational, so I just shrugged and sat to the side as they did all of the work. I got graded for it anyway because if the teacher knew they were keeping me out, they would have to involve me, one of the rare nice teachers I had. One day, it was foods class as usual, and I was sitting at my seat as the teacher gave us all our recipe list. Behold my eyes, they lit up as I saw it, banana bread. My mother had a very old recipe sheet that was passed down through the family heritage line for years and years by a single ancestor. So yeah, that sheet is all crusty, brown, and rotting, but it's still readable. The recipes on that sheet were the food of the gods because of how delicious they were. I was addicted as well, especially to the banana bread recipe on it. And I love it whenever my mom says she's making banana bread because she always uses that specific recipe for it. I often helped my mom bake as a kid whenever she made the banana bread, so I knew the recipe by heart. Thus, my revenge. So as we all got together to make the banana bread, I found an empty kitchen area and used it for myself and made the banana bread from my family's recipe sheet, tossing aside the one my teacher gave me. Eventually, when everyone was finished, the teacher walked around to each kitchen and taste tested the banana bread and graded each group's bread. When it got to my group, they received a B plus for theirs. The teacher almost walked away from me until I tapped her shoulder, explaining my situation about how my group never got me involved with any of the projects, and how I would like to be graded separately for my banana bread. My teacher looked back at my group with disappointment and reduced their grade a bit, ridding the B plus to just a B for lack of group cooperation. After that, she taste tested my banana bread, and immediately her eyes lit up like she just saw the face of God. She told me it was the most delicious banana bread she had ever tasted. The crunchiness of the crust on the outside and the tender softness on the inside and the addition of chocolate chips topped it all off to an even better taste. Instant A+, my group was awestruck and so were the rest of the students. So my foods teacher asked me to share the recipe with her and make two more batches. So cracking my knuckles, I went back to work, and sure enough, the other two came out 
just as delicious. From then onward, my group let me join in on their food projects, and the group's grade improved since. My final report card has an outstanding 100% A plus for foods class. In this situation, is it OP's culinary prowess that should be honored, or is it the family's amazing recipe being passed down? Also, does anybody else think, considering how things happened here, that the teacher set this up in such a way where they can scout for the best recipes, and it's like, okay, you're gonna get a 100%, but you have to tell me the recipe, and even cook it with me, just to make sure I really get it. To be fair though, I don't really blame them, because if there's such a incredible banana bread, especially the one they described with chocolate chips, which I think is cheating by the way in a banana bread, I don't want to be able to recreate it myself too. I think adding chocolate chips to any bakery good is just like an easy cheat code. It's just like a 15% better modifier in general. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.